Welcome to the Scott Ross Discipleship Podcast. Scott has been discipling men and women for more than 20 years and is passionate about helping you grow into the full measure of the maturity of Christ. Grab your Bible, something to write with, and your favorite warm beverage. And let's listen as Scott takes us deeper in our walk with God. Guys, welcome to the kickoff to a what I think is going to be about a 12-week discipleship program that I'm going to do here online. Uh, we have had a lot of people that have come into the kingdom over the last couple of months and have been asking for, you know, what is the next steps? What's the path look like? And, you know, one of my passions is discipling others and raising up people into the full measure of the maturity of Christ, as it says in Ephesians chapter 4. And with the number of people that were starting to interact with me, it just became um, impossible to really get to everybody, um, especially since we had people across a lot of different geographic regions. And so I decided to try to do this online and make it available to everybody publicly and uh, hopefully this is going to be something that will, you know, be edifying to every one of you and be worth your time. I want to start this off by just uh, saying a quick word of prayer, and then we'll kind of dive into what we're going to talk about this week. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this uh, privilege to partner with you in the investment that you're making into your people. I just ask, Lord, that you would bless everybody who sacrifices their time to be on this webinar and on this podcast. I ask, Lord, that you will speak to each of us by your Holy Spirit. I pray that you will guide us into maturity, into wisdom, and into truth. May, Lord, we not just get this in our head, but turn it into things that are down into our heart and then ultimately out into our physical bodies in the way that we interact with the world and the way that we serve you, that we become the hands and feet of Christ. I just pray, Lord, for uh, wisdom myself in trying to assist my brothers and sisters in growing and becoming more effective ministers of the gospel. And I just ask, Lord, that you will cause me to decrease and that you will increase and um, just achieve your purposes here, Lord. We want you to be glorified. We want to see the name of Christ raise up as a banner. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. Okay. So this week is going to be a little bit informal because uh, we haven't really gotten, I, I didn't really have a chance to assign any homework or anything to you guys uh, up to this point, but I do want to talk quickly about two resources that are going to be essential to this process, and I have the links available in um, our Facebook group, and for those of you who aren't familiar, we have a Facebook group I started that anybody can join, but you just have to be approved to get in it. It's not a secret group. It's easy to find, uh, but it's called Scott Ross Discipleship Program. It's on Facebook. So if, you, if you're not there, go out there and, and ask to be added to that group, and we'll add you. But um, I've got the links to these resources to make it easy to find. I've also put the links in the registration page for this program. But uh, the two resources you're going to need is this book right here, How to Study Your Bible by Kay Arthur, and we're going to be learning through this process something called the inductive study method, and some people call it the precept upon precept method. So uh, this is a way to study your Bible and accurately interpret the Scripture without the need for a commentator or a pastor to tell you what it means, that you'll be able to go to the Word on your own 
and accurately come away with the truth. And, you know, the Bible is very intimidating to a lot of people. People think, you know, it's this really old book. It was written by people thousands of years ago. How could it possibly apply to me? I open it up, and I don't even know where to go. There's names I can't pronounce. There's cities I can't pronounce. How do I make heads or tails of all this? Well, uh, this process that we're going to teach you is actually going to make it very, very simple, and it's going to take away all the mystery. It's going to take away all the intimidation, and it's going to cause you to have an absolute love of Bible study. You're going you're gonna to just um, fall in love with going to the Word, and you will just have the Word come alive to you in a way that's going to be very, very, very exciting. So um, this book is a new version of a book that's been around a very long time, and I would just say if you have the old version, you're going to be okay, um, but if you have a chance to get the new version, I'd get the new version. The new version has just been updated uh, to reflect some of the practices that we've learned over the last couple decades. Um, one of the things is that this organization, Precept Upon Precept, is a ministry uh, and their whole passion is to help people learn to study the Word. And they certify instructors around the world who do precept training, and I'm one of those certified instructors. So, you know, they get feedback from the instructors on an ongoing basis of ways to tweak the process and make it more digestible for the students. And all of that feedback is reflected in this new version. So if you have the old version, you're going to be fine. The method is essentially the same. If you have the new version, it'll just help you to maybe follow along a little closer as we discuss the book. So you're going to want to get that book. And I'll just say up front, we want everybody to read chapter one over the next week, chapter one over the next seven days so we can discuss it. So if you go to Amazon or run down to Barnes & Noble or whatever, uh, get this. If you're a Prime member, you could have it delivered to your house tomorrow. So, um, And again, that Amazon link is available to you guys on the Facebook page and in the registration. Okay, and then this is the um, next book we're going to do. It's The God Who Cares and Knows You. I got it right here. And um, this is an inductive series uh, or an inductive study of the book of John, which when I, whenever I um, am privileged enough to be a part of bringing someone to Christ and they are saved, the very first thing that I recommend they do is to study the book of John. Well, we're going to teach you using this book how to go study your Bible, but we need to then have a place to go apply what we're learning in the book. And so we're going to apply this method to the book of John. And the beautiful thing is, by using this study, once you learn the inductive study method, you don't need to have the book like this to study the book of the Bible. But what's cool is that this is going to walk you through the steps of the process. So it's like having a cheat sheet every day for what you should do that day in your study. And it's going to give you, you know, scriptures to go look up, cross-references. It's going to teach you how to do word studies, things like that. So this book is um, going to help. This is what we're going to be going through. We're basically going to be spending almost all of our time in discussion of our study of the book of John because in studying it this way, we are learning the inductive study method that we'll be able to apply to every book of the Bible from now on. And what's great about this book is that um, it's going to give you daily assignments. So, you know, here's week one from death to life, and it just says day one, and you just do day one. And when you're done with day one, you're done for the day, and then the next day it says day two. And there are seven days 
worth of material, but really it's only six days because day seven is the discussion day, the day we get together. And there's also a scripture memorization um, suggestion that's made on day seven. So highly recommend that you guys get this and get it as soon as possible because you need to be doing it every day. It'll take you about 20 minutes a day to do your study in this book. And um, if you could, again, get on Amazon or almost every Christian bookstore sells this um, new inductive study series. So you see there at the top, it says the new inductive study series right there. And it's also in the image on your screen. This is a whole series. So they have one of these for, I think, every book of the Bible, if not every book, almost every book. And uh, you could go to almost any Christian bookstore and ask where their Bible study section is, and you'll be able to find these new inductive study series. And you're looking for the green binding uh, the green binding, and it says John on it. Um, we have a big, in the Dallas area, we have a giant uh, Christian bookstore called Mardell. Uh, they have them. Lifeway Christian stores should have them. Uh, let your fingers do the walking. Uh, just dial them up. Call up your local Christian bookstores. Don't drive all over town. Ask them if they have the God Who Cares and Knows You, the inductive study series on the book of John. And if they do, you can drive over there and grab it real easily. Or, again, if you're a Prime member, get on Amazon. You could have it to you. Tomorrow, I actually, this is also now available in Kindle, which is really cool. Um, so you could have a Kindle, the Kindle version, instantly through Amazon. Uh, this other book is also available instantly on the Kindle. Okay, with that said, we're going to do one other thing this week, and that is we're going to memorize Scripture. So we're going to memorize Scripture every single week. Uh, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. We want to bury the Word in our heart. And I'm going to teach you a method for Scripture memorization that's going to make Scripture memorization very, very practical and useful to you. And it is by creating a tagline for every Scripture we memorize. And the tag is going to be like a hook, and you're going to hang the Scripture on that hook. And what's going to be cool about the way we do this is that when you're in the real world and you're in discussion with people and you're talking to them, certain topics are going to come up repeatedly. And when you get one of those topics, that's a little hook that's going to be on your wall and you'll have, you'll hear that topic and you'll, aha, I have a scripture for that. You'll go take the scripture off the hook. You'll be able to share that scripture with the person you're talking to. So this makes scripture memorization very, very useful. And the scriptures I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you them in a strategic order. So these are the scriptures that will become, or I should say, are the most used in our everyday conversation. And so the first one is um, going to be 2 Corinthians 5.17, and the tag we're going to use is New Life in Christ. So the way we want to memorize this is we want to say the tagline, then the scripture, then the verse, or what we call the reference, and then the tagline again. So let me give you an example. We would say, New Life in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17. So we say the tag, the verse, the reference. I'm sorry, the tag, the reference. Then we say the wording of the verse, then the reference again. So again, I'd say new life in Christ. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, the the way you want to memorize scripture is just take it one bite at a time. So today you might just practice this over and over again. Just when you're driving around or you're sitting there in your 
you know, house with nothing to do for a few minutes or you're cooking or you're waiting in line, just say, new life in Christ, therefore, if anyone. New life in Christ, therefore, if anyone. New life in Christ, therefore, if anyone. When you feel like you got that down, you just go to the next phrase. New life in Christ, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. New life in Christ, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. New life in Christ, therefore, if anyone is in Christ. You just kept say, keep saying that repeatedly. You can also put this on a little card, and there's even apps for your phone, and I should have looked this up right now because I don't use these hardly anymore because I've memorized a ton already, but um, there's little apps you can get for your phone where you can create flashcards on your phone. And, uh, you know, when you're waiting in line somewhere or whatever, you can just look down at the phone and you can like, look away and go, okay, new life in Christ. Therefore, if any was in Christ, uh, yes, I got that right. Okay, what's the next phrase? And move to the next phrase. And just keep doing that. And over the next seven days, you'll knock out 2 Corinthians 5.17. No problem. So with that said, let me just um, talk for a moment. And t again, today was going to be... Um, you know, kind of free form since we, we didn't start our book yet, we didn't read our first chapter, we haven't done week one of our study. Let me just give you guys some concepts, and, um, and then I'm going to open it up for Q&A, and, and you guys can ask me any questions that are on your mind, and it can be about this process, it can be about, you know, anything spiritual that's on your mind. But, you know, as disciples in Christ, we need to remember that Christianity is not an intellectual exercise. When God saves a man or a woman, he saves the whole man and the whole woman. And there's a heresy that's been around for thousands of years. In fact, it is uh, what used to be known as Gnosticism in the first century. And that heresy is that physical things are not moral, that physical things are not, uh, physical things are by nature corrupt. Physical things like, your, your body, your flesh, you know, the, the physical world is, is corrupted somehow. And that spiritual things are not corrupted. So if you're spiritual, what is, what is not flesh, what is not physical, can somehow become more holy or is by nature more holy, more uncorrupted and uncorruptible. And there's this division, this compartmentalization of the physical world and the, quote, spiritual world. Well, this is an unbiblical idea. Everything that has been made was made by Christ, and Christ rules it all and is glorified by it all. He wanted us to have physical bodies for a reason, and when he saves us, he saves the whole person. There is not being spiritual, which means not living the physical life. No. Christianity and a mature Christian has grown in Christ their entire self, their entire being. Now, why do I mention that? Like, why, why does that matter? It sounds very um, philosophical what I'm saying. It's not. It's very practical. Because here's the, here's the reason this matters. The, the Christian life is a physical life. What do I mean by that? What I mean is that if we are to truly be Christians, it's not going to happen in our head. It's not going to happen only in our hearts. It's not going to happen only in our spirit internally. The only way someone's going to be able to tell we're a Christian is that we live a Christian life. We live differently, and we live differently through our physical bodies. It's the only way we can interact with the universe that God has made for us, and he intended for it to be that way. 
You know, they know we are Christians by our love. Well, how do you love another human being? You give them a hand. You serve them. You take them food. You meet their needs physically. This is how you love. How do you love? You speak kindness. You speak encouragement. Uh, You edify. That's the tongue at work. The tongue is a physical thing. In the tongue is life and death. Um, We are the hands and feet of Christ. We'll talk about this throughout this discipleship program, but there was this very kind of hip trend in Christianity several years ago, and it was the WWJD bracelets. What would Jesus do? Now, I liked the bracelet. I liked the concept of the bracelet. You know, look at your wrist. What would Jesus do in this moment? But here's what's very interesting. The question provides almost zero value to us if we are not discipled. And here's what I mean. Let me give you an analogy. So, you know, um, I live in Dallas, and our baseball team is the Texas Rangers. And one of the best hitters on the Rangers is Adrian Beltre. Adrian Beltre is this tremendous hitter. He can hit for power. He can hit for average. uh, He can drive the ball into opposite field. Now, if I'm an Adrian Beltre fan, let's say that I got a bracelet that said WWAD. What would Adrian do? Now, I'm going to put on Adrian's jersey. I'm going to put on Adrian's batting glove. I'm going to wear Adrian's cleats. I'm going to wear Adrian's socks and his pants. I'm going to carry the exact same bat that Adrian carries. And then I'm going to walk up to the plate and stand there in front of a major league pitcher. Now, when the major league pitcher throws the pitch, All I need to do is look at the bracelet. Well, what would Adrian do in this situation? And I'll be able to hit the ball, right? (laughs) Of course not. There's no shot of me hitting that ball. It doesn't matter how many times I say, what would Adrian do? Because I can't actually do what Adrian would do. So to ask what he would do is totally irrelevant. It's, It's complete waste of my effort. No. I can't just say, what would Adrian do if I have not put in the same work that Adrian put in to be able to respond as he would have responded? Well, see, when we say, what would Jesus do? It's cool to ask that question, but the bigger issue is, could we actually do what Jesus would do? When our enemy smites us, could we turn the other cheek? When someone speaks at us in a rebuking tone, can we hold our tongue? When we're at, it's two in the morning and we get called by a friend or loved one in need, can we pull ourselves out of bed and go across town and serve them? This is what Jesus would do. When sin exists in the marketplace, can we stand up in the marketplace for God's righteousness? And can we speak with authority? And can we handle the truth and the word of God accurately? See, these are the things that Jesus would do in a given situation. So we can ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? But if we can't actually do it, it doesn't help us. And so the Christian life is a physical life. It's a life where when we ask, what would Jesus do? We want to actually be able to do what Jesus would do. In that situation, Christ did this amazing thing. God did this amazing thing. You know, 
He is the Lord of the universe. He's the inventor and creator of all things. He's the sustainer of all things. He holds everything together by the power of his word. Scientists can't figure out how atoms stay together, why the uh, protons and electrons and neutrons all rotate and maintain their form the way they do. Well, we know why. Because it says in Colossians that he's holding all things together by the power of his word. It just He just thinks it held together. Well, he could, he could achieve anything. He could do anything any way he wants. And he could have saved the world in a million different ways. He could have put a neon sign in the sky. He could have hooked us up to some matrix-type machine and fed us all the truth, however he wanted to do it. But he chose to do this crazy thing. He chose to partner with sinful people like me and enable me to be the one to share the good news. And then through me to reach more of the people that he loves. He condescended to partner with people like me who were the chief of sinners, who was totally unworthy of even like untying the sandal that he would wear. And yet he said, Scott, I'm going to partner with you. Peter, I'm going to partner with you. John, I'm going to partner with you. And so now we get to co-create, so to speak, what the kingdom of God is going to look like because we are partnered with the king of kings. And so it says in Scripture, we become the hands and feet of Christ. So I say all that to say this. This process of discipleship is about transforming the whole person into someone that could do what Jesus would do when the pitch is thrown. We want to be able to truly be the hands and feet of Christ. And so as we go through this process, it's not just an intellectual exercise to understand the word more or to learn more about God or to learn more about um, you know, this, the Christian doctrines, although all those things are important. We also want to be maturing the whole person and developing the spiritual disciplines that will enable us to be Christ-like in our physical selves every moment of every day for the rest of our lives. So have that idea in mind. Let me give you one last kind of big picture thought. If we, if we take that idea that, that God has partnered with us, he's condescended to reach the world through us, just let your brain really digest what we're saying there. That you right now as a Christian are in collaboration with the Lord of the universe and he has a harvest waiting out there, and he's counting on you to go bring the harvest in. And to a degree, I'm not trying to be blasphemous. I mean, he's going to be glorified, and he's going to achieve his purposes no matter what we do. He doesn't need us. He's just chosen to work with us. But to a degree, what the kingdom of God is going to look like in the end and who's going to participate, we are... A role, we have a role to play in that. We are a factor in that outcome. Now, God understood something that many of us on this call have talked about many times, and that is he understands something called duplication. You see, he didn't build one giant church in Jerusalem and tell the whole world to just find a way to get there. No, he saved 12 guys. He sent the 12 out. And those 12 got 12 more, who got 12 more, who got 12 more. And today, billions and billions of people follow Christ. Well, 
Our job in this process is not to be discipled to the degree that we understand this stuff. It's to be discipled to the degree that we can go disciple someone else. So as you're learning what we learn, I don't want you to be just learning to learn. I want you to be learning to teach it to someone else as the next step. See, your next step as a disciple is to be a discipler. We are to have three levels of relationship at all point, at all times as Christians. We're to have peers who are iron sharpening iron, encouraging one another, cheering one another on. As it says in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, we are to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. So we need to have people that are where we are in the process. And then we need to have people above us that are mentoring us and guiding us. And I'm by no means above you, but in this process right now, I will help be a guide to you. So in that sense, I'm just maybe a step further than you. I shouldn't use the word above, but you want people who maybe are a little further down the path than you that are teaching and mentoring and encouraging. So you need that relationship in your life. And then the last relationship, though, is you need people who are not where you are yet and that you're going to disciple and bring them with you. So you need all three levels of relationship to be a healthy Christian. Well, as a brand new Christian or as a Christian who's never been discipled, the best you could hope for is the first two I mentioned. But it shouldn't be very long before you add that third relationship type. And so as we go through this, I want you to have that very, very much in your mind. I'm not learning just for the sake of learning. I'm learning to teach others. I'm learning to bless others. I'm being blessed so I can be a blessing. So with that said, I'm very excited about this process. Please go get those two books, How to Study Your Bible and uh, The God Who Cares and Knows You, and do chapter one of the book and week one of the study on John. If you um, have other friends that you want to get involved in this, get them the books and have them register, and they can join us next week at this time. Until then, guys, God bless you guys, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We pray this has been edifying. If you've enjoyed the show, please give us a shout-out on your favorite social media platform. Scott's username on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram is ScottRossOnline. That's Scott Ross Online, all one word. Also, please remember to go to scottrossonline.com to subscribe, catch up on past episodes, and discuss what you've learned with others. Until next time, continue to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. God bless you.